Broadcasting live and local from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. Season's over. I'm done. And Eric Fry. Like, I love the movie Draft Day. It's one of my top five favorite movies of all time. (laughs) It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Hey there, welcome in, uh, welcome in uh, to a uh, Thursday edition of the uh, starting lineup. We're here live in the uh, 98.9 uh, Jack FM uh, studios, Travis Sparks, Eric Fry hanging out with you here on this uh, January 5th, 2023. What's happening out there? We got a good show uh, lined up for you as always here on the starting lineup. We're here until the noon hour here on ESPN Radio. Coming up, we're going to be talking uh, some uh, local uh, sports, of course. So we'll take a look at the uh, schedule for uh, tonight since uh, not a lot happening last night. So mm-hmm. we'll just take a look at the uh, schedule for uh, this evening. I saw that the uh, Little Illini uh, Conference Girls bracket uh, was revealed. So we'll take a look at uh, that. And I thought it was uh, good to hear at the start of the new year to take a look at some of the standings of where we have uh, the teams in our area where we uh, sit here starting the, the new year. And also uh, the AP released a new poll out there. So we'll take a look at the uh, polls that came out for boys and girls basketball. I'll see where the area representation there on those top 10 uh, polls do have a fairly good amount of uh, local teams represented there in the polls. So we'll uh, take a look at and catch up on that. And we'll take a look at some national sports, NBA, NHL, might hit up on uh, some NFL, and might hit up on some college sports, college football, college basketball. All coming up here on the uh, program and whatever you don't get to here in the uh, treasure hour. We'll get to in the uh, podcast in some sort of uh, fashion. Of course, you can find that podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast, iTunes, Spotify, our website, femradio.com. And also, there's one more thing that we, uh, late addition to the uh, docket, the rundown, is the XFL released their uh, schedule. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll uh, take a look where the Battle Hawks, where are they going to kick off their season? When's the first game in St. Louis? I was just taking a peek at uh, that and kind of disappointed with uh, how the schedule works out. So I might have to make a phone call to uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and uh, talk to him about Someone that. Someone needs or, to. I, I think. I think that's the guy that I need to uh, contact. I'm sure he's the one in charge for the I mean, schedule. You, you could start there and then right. maybe you know work your way down yeah, if I'll you start, need to. I'll start there. So. Start at the top and then uh, go down from there. I'll have to look up some contact information for Dwayne. I think I lost it. I'm sure you could just tweet ago. him. I'm sure I could or Instagram. There you uh, go. I'm sure on that or TikTok maybe. Uh, but uh, we'll take a look at that coming up here a little bit later uh, as well. So uh, thanks for joining us here on the uh, program. We got a lot to uh, get to here today. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's uh, jump right into it. And let's kick it off with what we always do. Kick off the show with First Things First. Before we get into the show.
first things first. Alrighty, so uh, let's rip this band-aid off right uh, off the bat. And uh, last night in uh, College of Basketball, you heard it here on a 98.9, the game. I was going to pull up uh, some highlights of this one, but as far as I'm concerned, there was no highlights from uh, last night. As uh, I'm here to say I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I was pretty passionate yesterday. You were. I'm sorry. I bleed orange and blue. I wear it on my sleeve. And I was uh, just kind of discounting the Wildcats uh, there. And uh, they took it to us. At least one team showed up to play, and that was the Northwestern Wildcats. And uh, they ended up beating the Illini pretty good. 73 uh, to 60 was the uh, final last night there in not Chicago, but they were wearing those awful. That's what makes the loss even worse. They were wearing those awful. Uh, Chicago throwback uniforms or whatever you want to call them, City Connect yeah. jerseys or whatever. But, yeah. yeah, Northwestern beat us 73-60. Illini now 0-3 in the Big Ten. Can we start saying we're concerned, Travis? <laughs> Is now the point? <laughs> Yesterday you're like, oh, no, we're going to beat Northwestern. Sure. It's all good. Now can we say we're 0-3 in the Big <laughs> Ten? And you mentioned yesterday on the show, Northwestern, who have they beaten? Look at the Illini. Who have we beaten? Yes, we beat a couple of teams that were ranked, but I don't feel like we beat those teams. Those teams beat themselves. We just happen to be lucky enough to be there. This Illinois team is not good. Yeah, I, I think that, that that we are. I keep saying it, but we are good on paper. It's not about the talent. It's not about the X's and O's on the court. It's between this. It's between the ears. That's what we're dealing with right now. We're mental. We're not mentally there. We're not. Uh, we're not tough. We're we're soft right now. There was a lot of offensive rebounding at, at the very beginning, and I ended up evening out. But it's uh, just. And last night that I saw Coach Underwood was getting very upset on the sidelines and yelling at the team. But it just seems like it's just falling on deaf ears. Yeah. Going in one ear, out the other, and it's not working. There. So. You know, in the past, like two years ago, I remember we were down huge at halftime to uh, some team. I can't remember who it was. And then you heard that Coach Underwood yelled and screamed and uh, had the motivational speech at halftime. And then the Illini came out and uh, blew out the team in the second Mm -hmm. half and easily won the game. And you forgot all about that they were down like 15 or whatever. And he yelled and screamed last night at one point in the huddle, but nothing changed. So it's clearly not working. You, You can yell and scream all you want. Uh, but it's not working. Who's the leader of this team? We've been saying it for months I now. Know. Who is going to step up and be the guy, the, the the heart and soul of the team? Yeah. It's not there. There is no heart and soul of this team. Yeah, I, I really don't know if we have one. And I think that they are hoping, maybe entering the season, they were hoping, oh, the crowd will be the heart and soul. You can't have the crowd be the heart and soul every game. When you're yeah. home... Sure, but when you're on the road, there ain't nothing there. Illinois now 0-4 on the road. Mm-hmm. Haven't won a road game this year. A yeah. true road game. Oh. Not a neutral site game. True road game. Yeah, I'd say 0-2 on true road games. What was the one that wasn't? The Virginia game in Vegas. Oh, uh, I guess that's true. Yeah, valid point. So, But, Travis, I have three stats from last night's game I want to pinpoint. Mm-hmm. 11 steals for Northwestern. It's a lot of steals. Contrary, 15 turnovers for the Illini. Almost double what Northwestern had. You're not going to win a lot of games when you're giving up the ball twice as much as the other team. No. 8 of 28 from 3 for the Illini. Yeah. 
That's and, not good. And not just the 8 for 28, but just some of the, the questionable shot selection uh, as well. I thought that this team might be uh, more free and easy and you don't have to dump it down low to the big guy. But that was the, the big thing was you dump mm-hmm. it down to Kofi and then you kick it out hopefully for a three. But, yep. uh, you know, there's no offensive flow to the team right now. And uh, – they're taking a ton of threes and it's not necessarily in the flow of an offense either. So yeah, it is concerning. It's been concerning this whole entire season. It seems like Illinois six for 10 from the free throw line. Northwestern 32 for 40. Yes. Let's talk about that. Shall we? 40 free throw attempts, Mm. 29 fouls on the Illini. Oh my goodness. You know, and it's, it, it, we did it to ourselves. We we didn't put it ourselves in good positioning, and maybe uh, I heard some say that you know Northwestern was the aggressor, and uh, they did. If this was a boxing match, they did throw the more punches because they came out more aggressive. So maybe the officials uh, gave them that benefit of the doubt that they were more aggressive in that aspect. But some of these ticky tacky fouls on, on Illinois, like I, you knew you were in for this type of game once Sincere Harris comes out and he picks up two fouls in 30 seconds of the game. And it's like, oh boy, here we go. And then it just continued for the rest of the game. Ticky tacky on Epps, offensive foul on the defensive end as well. And then Terrence Shannon Jr. gets hammered at the rim, but he can't get a foul called. But, you know, I'm not saying that it was the official's fault or anything. Again, because we didn't help ourselves at all, but it, that certainly didn't help getting those ticky tacky fouls and getting put it, put our putting ourselves in that position. And again, that goes back to Travis adjustments. Exactly adjustments. Yeah. And I'm not saying Coach Underwood for this. I'm sure he was saying, guys, they're calling these fouls. Yeah. Adjust to it. Yeah, and they weren't him, listening. Yeah, he called them dumb fouls. This the, is a team that right now Travis is deaf. They are not hearing a single thing. No. Each other. Or coach doesn't matter. No. They are when they're out on the floor. It's five individuals. It is not a team. Right. And this is sometimes the problem with getting transfers coming in. They're great players. I'm not saying they're not. But can they work as a team? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it goes back to you know the the old expression: Would you rather have one great player and four people who stand around and do nothing, or would you rather have five okay players who play together as a team? Mm-hmm. You'd rather have yeah. the five okay who can play as a team, right? Yep. Yeah, Unless I, you have someone like a a LeBron or Donovan Mitchell, we saw the other night, who can just take over a game and put up fifty points and carry the team. Illinois doesn't have that. There is oh, not a fifty point player on this team. <laughs> well, I don't know about fifty points, but we thought we had that in November, or December with Terrence Shannon Jr. Yeah, but he just hasn't had that consistently enough. So. That's it's no doubt. You, you you hit it right there on the head. The, this is not playing together. It's so it's a me, not an us type yep. of thing, and that's kind of what Coach Underwood uh, said after the game as well. They need to find find it and put it together for us, not not me. When you have more pride for the name on the back of the jersey than the name on the front, there's a problem. Right. And yeah. that is what Illinois is right now. Right. They are playing yeah. more for the name on the back than they are for the front. Yeah, and we talked about it before about, you know, just how much that loss meant uh, against mm-hmm. Missouri. Mm-hmm. And, you know, guys like uh, Terrence Shannon Jr., Matthew Meyer, who just coming into this, they don't know what the rivalry yeah. means about bragging rights, so they didn't really take it to heart either. And, again, you lose another rivalry game, mm-hmm. and the student section was chanting little brother at us. Yeah. That's what we call them, and they were chanting mm-hmm. it at, at us. And I don't think this team is going to take it personally as all, and which they should. Which – 
fair to Northwestern, they have every right to do that last night. Oh, yeah. They had every right to do that last night because people, and I'm not specifically, but I, I kind of am, people like you pointing out, oh, we just we win this rivalry. It doesn't matter. We win. Definitely. We haven't lost in eight years. Like, we just win this game. Right. No, this is not the same Illini team. Yeah. This is not what we've seen. This right. team, yep. I'm going to say it, is not a good team. Are there good players? Yes. But they're not a good team. Sure. And Travis, I'm getting concerned. <laughs> concerned not even making the tournament? Is that what your concern is? I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not willing <laughs> to go that far yet. Okay, well, that's good. But I'm very close. Yeah. Without some sort of miracle run. And the last half of our schedule does not help us. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at those final four games that the Illini play this year. Those are not cupcakes. You have to be playing as a good team in those games. Yeah, I mean, even uh, the game before Northwestern, even, Indiana, yeah. at Indiana, even that Northwestern at Ohio State yep. versus Michigan and yep. then uh, at Purdue at the close out of the year. Yep. And then this Saturday. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, and Saturday uh, against Wisconsin. So, uh, you know, I I'm I got my hand on the on the trigger of the panic button. But if we lose at home to Wisconsin, which they're a top 25 team, so yes. they're a good team. Yes. And if we fall to 0-4 in the Big Ten, now that, that's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. <laughs> it, uh, it, it, it absolutely is. I mean, if you lose this Saturday, Travis – not only are you 0-4, which, again, is a, a major problem. I mean, you can kiss any chance of winning the conference by oh, well, yeah. at that point. You can kiss any chance of not playing on Thursday in the conference tournament almost by. Ooh, yeah. Like, that's, wh that's where we're at right now. We are, yeah, no doubt. But you're also, you would be 9-6 and six on the season. You would be three games above 500. Mm-hmm, right. And, again, I, I look at Illinois, and you'll, you'll, the Texas win – I'll give them that. That's impressive. Yeah, that's so UCLA was a nine-point win. Uh, all right. But other than that, you've beaten teams you're supposed to beat. Right, yeah. And some of them not even in super convincing fashion. So, I'm concerned about this, Travis. I... It is bad, Travis, and right now, as we sit here on this January 5th, 2023, I have more confidence in EIU to make the tournament than I do Illinois. Yeah. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, that's that's fair. And I, I don't know how to feel about that because this Illinois team had so much momentum from the past two seasons, and I don't know what it is. Yeah. And I think that's the problem for Coach Underwood. He can't put his finger on it. He doesn't know what it is, so he can't fix it. Right. And yeah. again, that goes back to there is a communication breakdown between the players and the coach. Mm -hmm. They're not communicating. Right. So the players can't tell coach, hey, this is what's wrong. This is why we're not working together. This is why whatever we're doing isn't working. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. something, and, and we said it, you know, all the way back in October, November, I think, there was, you know, the tweets and the rumbles, and we kind of went, is there something going on behind closed doors that we don't know about? Has Coach Underwood lost this team? Mm -hmm. Travis, it, that noise is getting louder. It's Definitely not getting is. quieter. Yep. yep the, the and the more, more losses, losses that pile up, 
the louder it's going to get. Right. Yeah, and the, that's the the frustrating uh, part is not just the the way, not just the losses, but it's just the way we're we're losing. This is just not what we're accustomed to to a Brad Underwood team of being out toughed and whatnot. And that's what we are right now, mm-hmm. and, and that's where uh, we sit. So. Uh, yeah, the Illini uh, don't have a lot of time to uh, sit in a uh, sulk about it. They got the game on Saturday uh, there against uh, Wisconsin, and that'll be a 1230 uh, tip-off, and it'll be here on 98.9. It will, and I expect them to come out and play decently because, again, they're at home. Mm-hmm. I expect them to play decently. decently. Am I going to say they're going to win? I'm not going willing to go that far, but I think they'll play oh, decent. Well, yeah. To they me, Travis – I'm looking at the 19th, 24th, 28th, that stretch. Indiana, Ohio State, both those games at home, and then Wisconsin on the road. That is the make-or-break games for Illinois. Yeah. Those are the you, – you have to take care of business there, as well as I'll throw Michigan State in there as well mm. on the 13th. Yeah. This is coming into a stretch where you have to win these games. Right. Yeah, and you have to win the the ones in between there with Nebraska. Yeah, you know they're not very good. They're one of three right now. Eight better and seven. record than Illinois. I know, I know. Yeah. And then uh, Minnesota is also zero and three as well, sitting at yep. six and uh, seven. They weren't expected to do much in the Big Ten uh, this year, nope. but uh, so those are the two wins that you really need to take care of business and uh, look like you're supposed to and win the games that you're supposed to, but. And I'll say again, props to Northwestern. 11-3 and three on the sure. year, 2-1 and one in the Big Ten, took care of business last night. They're playing some decent ball right now. Yeah, no. no and Illinois is not. <laughs> yeah, no no doubt. Northwestern wanted it more. Uh, oh, yeah, 100%. And, uh, and it showed for sure. So mm. uh, frustrating uh, again and uh, try to bounce back. On uh, Saturday, only thing uh, that the Atlanta can do. So we'll see how it all shakes out uh, then. All right, let's step away and uh, take a break and uh, let's uh, come back talking to some uh, basketball at the local level. We got the girls' basketball schedule for uh, tonight. We also got uh, the uh, Little Illini Conference uh, schedule uh, tournament as well and might take a look at these standings as well of the area conferences as well coming up here on the Star Lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. Winter storms create a higher risk of car accidents, hypothermia, frostbite, carbon monoxide poisoning, and heart attacks from overexertion. Winter storms, including blizzards, can bring extreme cold, freezing rain, snow, ice, and high winds. These storms can last a few hours or several days. Winter weather can cut off heat, power, and communication services for undetermined periods of time. Prepare now for what this winter may bring. This is Sergeant Jared Purcell of the FEM Police Department, wishing all of our area residents a safe and happy winter season. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Oh, want better visibility to get you through the winter? A new pair of premium wipers can help. Right now, you can earn a $10 bonus reward when you buy a pair of Rain-X Quantum Wiper Blades. See better and stay safe on the road all winter long. Get the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Offer available to AutoZone Rewards members. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Pepper is always right. Little Rice and children learn the 23 flavors of Dr. Pepper before they learn the alphabet. Smart. It's the one place where a man is a six unless he's wearing face paint. He's a 10. 
and where fans deserve a Dr. Pepper no matter if they win or lose. But we're going to win. Get ready for anything to happen this college football season on Fansville by Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. Grab some today. And now. Travis Sparks with the Aurora Sports Center update. And I'm kind of doing this on the fly because Eric's script is not pulling up. But Eastern Illinois shortstop Trey Sweeney was named the Ohio Valley Conference Baseball Player of the Year. The starting lineup. Holy cow, what a terrible sports hurry that was. I don't blame you. I blame me. On 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in to the starting lineup. You're on 98.9 The Game ESPN Radio. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, hanging out with you till the noon hour here on ESPN Radio. Let's take a look at the uh, girls' uh, basketball schedule uh, for uh, tonight after uh, really the Illini were the only thing that was happening uh, locally uh, last night. Uh, the schedule for uh, this evening looks like uh, Shelbyville hosting uh, St. Anthony and Mount Olive is at uh, Brownstown, uh, St. Elmo. Uh, County Eric Beecher City hosting Arthur uh, Ocala Christian, we got Robinson at Cumberland, uh, Ramsey hosting a Dietrich, North Clay is at Flora, we got Teutopolis at Mattoon this evening, Windsor Sioux Straws hosting Ocala Valley, Newton is at Lawrenceville, Heritage is at Arcola, Marshall is hosting a Casey in that rivalry game, uh, Mount Carmel is at Olney, uh, Terre Haute South at Paris, and uh, Fairfield is against uh, Nioga this evening and we also have a boys of basketball as well one game there and that's a tri-county against arthur ocock christian Mm -hmm. there in a boys of basketball for this evening and then a game that's over on a jack fm and that is altamont and south central on an ntc conference matchup and it's the lady indians trying to bounce back from uh, that performance in the Mattoon Holiday uh, Tournament going winless uh, there and uh, trying to jump back into a uh, conference uh, play. Don't have a lot more time to improve those uh, seating numbers as, uh, hey, you know, the little line I already coming out with their seating mm-hmm. for their girls' basketball tournament. So uh, seating should be coming out very shortly uh, for the conference tournament for the NTC there in Beecher City. So uh, Altamont and uh, South Central squaring off uh, this evening, and you can hear it over on Jack FM. So check it out there. Check in at about 7 o'clock. They are playing a JV game, but they are playing a six-minute JV quarters gotcha. in uh, this one. So maybe get over a little bit quicker than a normal eight-quarter JV game uh, would uh, over there on uh, Jack, and we'll have all the coverage uh, for you there in uh, Farina this evening. Yeah, an, an important game for seating purposes, like you said. Try and improve that seating for that uh, conference tournament, which I believe is in two weeks. I believe in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, in two weeks. Yep. yep. I was um, looking at my schedule earlier, so yeah. Yep, I think that would be uh, correct 
there. So uh, that's a look at what's uh, coming up here uh, tonight. So uh, let's uh, take a look at the uh, standings, speaking of uh, the uh, conference tournaments, as uh, all these conference, some of these conference tournaments will be beginning later uh, this month. Uh, currently, as we stand right now in the girls uh, in TC, we have uh, this is the some of the information that I have them. So uh, maybe uh, I think this is accurate uh, from why I could uh, do my research. Uh, so I apologize if it's uh, if it's not. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, Nioga, they are uh, five and zero uh, at the top of the NTC, so they're on the fast track to uh, the. Uh, number one seed there in the girls uh, tournament and uh, they actually uh, play uh, St. Anthony like uh, the week before the uh, conference tournament but by that point the seedings right. already uh, came out so uh, that w that game wouldn't affect anything for seeding purposes there but uh, St. Anthony's right behind uh, Neoga they're 14 and 4 overall but 4 and 0 in the NTC this year CHBC they're third at 3 and 1 and 10 and 5 overall Altamont's there at 3 and 3 10 and 8 Overall, Brownstown and St. Elmo there sits at uh, 12 and 6 overall and 2 and 1 in the NTC. North Clay, they're 9 and 6 overall. They're 2 and 2 in the NTC. Uh, Windsor Two Straws are 5 and 9 on the uh, season, but they're 0 and 4 in the NTC. So is South Central, but they're at 8 and 8. And Dietrich is also 0 and 4 in the conference as well as they're 8 and 9 overall on the season on the girls' side of the NTC there as we have them starting off the, the new year there on the, I thought you were going to say something. I, I was, and I, you mentioned uh, one of the, the games uh, tonight, um, Neoga and Fairfield mm -hmm. should be a good game. It, it actually, our friend uh, who helped us uh, during tournament week, Lane Blickham will actually yeah. have that game on, on victory okay. as well tonight. So uh, definitely, uh, you know, hey, Neoga is a good team. Fairfield's decent, so it uh, should be a decent one tonight as well. I think this game was made up. It wasn't scheduled to take place tonight, but due to scheduling issues, they, they moved it to tonight. That's what Neoga tweeted out, I saw. Right, yeah. That's what I, I was going to yeah. say there, there was something about that game that yeah, I uh, yeah. remember. I couldn't figure out. I, I, I couldn't find any more it. information on it, but it just said sure. due to a scheduling conflict. So. Yeah, so uh, go uh, check it out. Yep, yep. Uh, let's take a look at what's happening on the uh, boys' side of the National Trail uh, Conference. As uh, North Clay uh, there, they're, uh, they've played uh, two uh, games in the conference and won both, including the game against uh, St. Anthony that they won there 2-0, and and North Clay's 9-4. and Overall, Altamont's only played a one uh, game so far, so uh, they're one and zero, but eleven and three overall. Windsor, uh, they just had that game against Neoga the other night, so they're two and zero now, and they're thirteen and three overall. St. Anthony, they're eight and six overall, but they are three and one in the NTC to start out with the only loss coming to a North Clay there. Uh, Neoga, they stand at two and two at six and ten overall. Dietrich is eight and six; they're two and two in the NTC. Uh, South Central, they've only played that one game against Altamont, so they're currently 0-1, but they are 12-4 overall, and they are right in that nine-game uh, winning streak that they got going on. And St. Elmo Brownstown, they are 8-5 overall, but they are 0-3 in the NTC to uh, start it out there in conference play. So uh, let's take a look at uh, let's take a look at the Apollo. That's where we have FEM on the uh, boys' side of things right now. It's Mount Zion uh, sitting at the top there. They're 4-0 in the conference. They're 5-2 or 15-2 
overall. And FEM, they're actually 6-11 and overall, but they're 3-1 and in the Apollos. So uh, pretty decent showing uh, there, at least in the conference-wise. I know they do play a tough schedule. Uh, there, mm-hmm. uh, Lincoln. They're twelve and three overall, and they're three and one in the Apollo. Muhammad's they're uh, three and two. I can only find the five and six uh, overall record uh, there, but three and two in the Apollo. Uh, Charleston. They're two and three. I can only find them being five and nine on the year. Uh, Mattoon one and three in the Apollo. Three and fourteen overall. And Taylorville zero oh and six in the conference, and one and fifteen overall are the Tornadoes. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, on the girls' side of the Apollo, it's Lincoln right there. They're 4-0 and in conference, and they're 18-0 and overall. So we'll see if they got any love in the uh, polls coming up mm-hmm. when we check on those. Uh, Taylorville, they're having a great season on the girls' side. They're 4-2 and in conference, and they're 14-4 and overall. FEM also 13-4, and 3-1 and in the Apollo. We got uh, Muhammad 2-2, two and two, and they're 15-3 and overall. They just beat Galesburg the other uh, week in the uh, Mattoon Holiday Tournament, Mount Zion. They're two and two, but they're twelve and six overall. Mattoon's zero and three, and I only have them down for eight and eight overall. Uh, Charleston's zero and five in the Apollo, and one and three overall mm. there in that one. Um, let's take a look at the uh, Central Illinois Conference. I just said uh, the other day that yeah, you we, did. Don't, we don't show them enough love in basketball season. Uh, so uh, so the, here you go. Shout out CIC. Yes. Uh, the boys' side, uh, Tuscola currently, um, their only loss was to uh, South Fork. They're 14-1. Uh, and one, But actually, uh, they don't have any conference games. I don't think the boys have played any conference games oh, okay. yet, at least that I could tell well, uh, there. So Tuesday, Cumberland just had their first conference game. So Right. Uh, but the the girls have played a lot in the hmm. CIC, so I couldn't figure that one out. Uh, but uh, Tuscola thirteen and one uh, overall. Clinton they're thirteen and three, so they're having a great season there. Saint Teresa they're eleven and four on the season. Warrensburg Latham they're nine and seven. Shelbyville they're nine and eight overall. Central A and M I can only find them being two and nine. Uh, Sullivan uh, only found them three and ten, and Meridian zero and thirteen there for them on the girls side of the central illinois it's a tuscola right at the top there 18 and 0 undefeated we'll see if they uh where they rank in the uh, polls and they're three and zero in the cic uh clinton they're also three and zero, and they're 10 and a overall uh central a&m on the girls sides eight and six overall but they are three and zero in the uh central illinois uh, i can only find saint Teresa being four and five on the season i didn't figure that one uh, was right. Only nine games on the schedule, but that's what I could find. Uh, one and one uh, in the CIC. Warrensburg Latham, one and two, 11 and seven overall. Uh, and uh, Meridian, Sullivan, and Shelbyville, both with goose, goose eggs right now in conference play. 0 and two is Meridian. They're four and 10 overall. Sullivan, 0 and three, six and 11 overall. And Shelbyville, six and eight, but 0 and three in the CIC there. Mm. Uh, we also had uh, the uh, South Central Conference uh, to take a look at on the boys' side. Greenville, they're currently at two and zero and nine and seven overall. North Mac, two and zero, six and eight overall. Litchfield's eleven and four, but they've only played two games in the uh, South Central, and they're one and one currently in conference. Hillsboro's also ten and seven overall, but one and one in the conference. Uh, a lot of teams one and one here. Piasol, they're also there. Six and nine overall. Vandalia six and seven, one and one, and Gillespie one and one, three and nine overall. Pena finally the last one and one team there currently. They're five and eight overall. And Staunton and Carlinville both have yet to win conference games. They're both zero and two. Uh, Staunton six and seven overall, and Carlinville 
is 3-10 overall there. On the girls' side, it's a Pena there, 3-0 uh, in conference, 14-6 overall. Hillsboro also 2-0, 12-6 overall. Staunton's 12-4, but 2-1 in conference. Vandalia is also 11-5, and they're 2-1 in conference. Greenville is also 2-1, 10-7 overall. Gillespie, 2-1, and 10-8 and overall. So it seems like they're on the South Central uh, side a lot of double-digit win yeah. uh, teams on that side. So this to be a competitive conference there. Uh, North Mac, they're on the edge of double-digit wins. They're 9-8, and eight, but 1-2 and two in the South Central. Piasaw, 0-2, 1-10 overall. Carlinville is also 0-3, and, and Litchfield's also 0-3 in conference. Carlinville's 6-8, and eight, and Litchfield is 5-13 and uh, 13. Uh, there, uh, over on the uh, boys side of the uh, Lincoln Prairie uh, conference, uh, like uh, Eric mentioned, that Cumberland uh, played their first uh, game in conference, uh, and they won it. Um, and the other teams that have won their conference games so far: Sarah Gordo, Villa Grove, Argenta, all one and zero. Cumberland, of course, uh, eight and eight. Villa Grove, six and nine. Sarah Gordo, nine and seven. Okaw Valley, Tri-County, Heritage, and Arthur all falling in their first conference games. Uh, Okaw Valley is 5-10, Tri-County only 2-13, Heritage 3-12, and, and Arthur 7-9. And, and Arcola, uh, Blue Ridge, and Decatur LSA have yet to uh, play a conference game yet. And Arcola is 6-7, and seven, Blue Ridge is 6-9, and nine, and of course Decatur Lutheran is 14-0 currently on the season. And we'll see if they got any love in the polls as well. Mm-hmm. On the uh, girls' side, uh, they have played a lot more conference games. Arcola, they're currently 3-0, 10-4 overall. Cumberland's also 2-0, and they're 9-7 overall. Tri-County, they're 2-0, they're 13-6 overall. Arthur's only played one conference game so far, but they're 11-5. Uh, Sarah Gordo, 2-1, and 12-3 and overall. Okaw Valley, 1-2 in conference, and 3-14. and There, Decatur Lutheran, 4-10, and have them down 4, 0-2. Argenta Owen a three and one and eleven or one and ten on the season and Heritage is O and eleven on the season as we have them there and not a lot showing up for uh, Villa Grove on this uh one thing that I'm looking yeah. at here. So uh I intentionally uh, left out the uh, little Illini because the uh, brackets are already out for the uh, girls uh, tournament. But first, let's take a look at the boys tournament or boys standing so far. All knees sitting up top there uh, with Newton and Mile Carmel. They're all 2-0 and in the conference. Uh, all knees 12-2. and Just won over FEM the other night. Uh, Newton's 12-4. and They're 2-0 and in conference. And Mount Carmel's 11-6. and and 2-0 as well. Lawrenceville, they stand at 14-2, but one of those losses came in conference, and they're 2-1. Uh, Casey, they're 10-4, but 1-0 in the LIC. Uh, Paris is 8-9 and 1-3 and in the conference. Uh, Robinson's 9-6, but they're 0-3 in the conference, though. Mm. Uh, Marshall's 0-12, and they're 0-3 in conference. Currently right now for the girls little line I uh, standings Paris there up at the top there 4 and 0, uh, 17 and 1 overall. Robinson's 11 and 6 overall, but 3 and 1 in the LIC, only 2 and 1. They're 7 and 11 overall. Marshall only 2 and 2 and 9 and 10 overall. Mount Carmel 1 and 2, 7 and 9 overall. Casey 0 in a 2 in conference, 5 and 16 on the season. Lawrenceville 0 and 2 and 2 and 12. And Newton Island have them down for eight and nine and zero oh and two 
in the conference. So what does that mean uh, for the uh, girls' uh, standings? Well, of course, you would expect Paris is the uh, number yes. one seed, and that's exactly uh, what they uh, draw. And this will start on January 14th. They're in Mount Carmel is where the girls' uh, LIC tournament will begin, and all these games going on there. Uh, number one seed, Paris, will be uh, against the eighth seed, of Lawrenceville. Number four seed, Marshall, against the five seed, Mount Carmel. Two seed, Olney, Richland County, against the seven seed, Casey. And the three seed, Robinson, will take on the six seed, Newton. Uh, they're getting it all started there on that uh, Saturday in Mount Carmel for the uh, conference tournament on the girls' side for the little line. One tournament to another. feels like we just got done with tournaments, and I we're know. already talking about more tournaments. And then pretty soon we'll be talking about state tournaments, and then we'll be all done. <laughs> right. That's kind of how the basketball season goes. Start off with a tournament, then a couple of games, then more tournaments, then a couple of games, then another tournament, a couple of games, then finally the state tournament. Yeah, that's true. I think half the season is tournaments. Tournaments, and then you also got shootouts. some shootouts thrown in yep. there sparingly as well. I know a couple of those are coming up for uh, Altamont. Mm-hmm. I think there's up. one this weekend in North Clay. I saw. I think so, yeah. yeah, then maybe, yeah. That may be right. I think only will be there. But, yeah, uh, Paris is going to be tough to beat. Oh, sure. In that in that conference tournament. Yeah. So, I think uh, it surprised me that uh, Marshall was only like 9 and 10. I thought they were a decent team. Mm-hmm. I know that they just won the Dietrich holiday tournament there, but they're going to have a tough matchup if they get beat uh, if they beat Mount Carmel, they would run into a uh, Paris there in the second round. I guess it would be uh, technically the semis uh, there, but uh, tough one there, but yeah, like you said, uh, Paris is uh, is tough to beat uh, there. I know they were uh, super impressive when I saw mm-hmm. them against uh, T Town uh, the other week. Yeah, and look out for Robinson. I know they're the three seed, but they've been playing some good basketball as well. They're eleven and six overall, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, we'll see how it all uh, carries out in uh, a couple weeks. So. Yep. Uh, we'll take a look at uh, all the rest of the conference tournament brackets when uh, they uh, come out. So uh, stay tuned to the show for that. But also uh, coming up here on the uh, show after the uh, break, we got to take a look at the polls. The AP polls are new, uh, fresh off the presses yes. yesterday. And we'll take a look at where our area teams rank in those top 10 polls. Coming up next here on the Star Lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. This is Effingham Fire Chief Brent Yoakum. We have all heard about home fires, taking lives, and destroying all that a family owns. These tragedies remind us to double-check for fire safety. The Effingham Fire Department says, make sure your home has properly installed and working smoke alarms. Replace the batteries each time you change the hour on your clocks. Practice a fire escape plan. Teach children never to hide if there's a fire. In case of fires, the most important thing to do is to protect life. Get out and stay out. Happy New Year, everyone. This is Jim Heck for Dan Heck Chevrolet Toyota in Effingham. As we start out 2023, we first want to thank you, our customers, for your continued support. Our goal is to still provide an outstanding sales, service, and ownership experience. If ever our services don't meet your expectations, may I hear from you personally. If not already, we'd sure like to have you a customer of Dan Heck Chevrolet Toyota, South Route 45 in Effingham, or danheck.com online. When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money, but it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head. Remember when one of your best players got injured, but not like on a play or anything? He got injured celebrating a play, and it's not like it was a game-winning play or in the playoffs. 
And he was out the rest of the season? Because he was injured while celebrating? Yeah. Sorry, we can't save you from that memory. But we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Save now on appliances and more at the Truckload Event at Lowe's. For a limited time, get up to an additional $600 off select major appliances and instant savings from top brands like Samsung, LG, and Whirlpool. And you can take home what you buy same day. Plus, get store-wide savings on even more items. Head to your local Lowe's store or visit Lowe's.com to shop the Truckload Event today. Exclusions apply while supplies last. Selection varies by location. See Lowe's.com for details. Vow 1229-14. And now... The starting lineup. Air Tri Sports Center update. Chicago Fire FC forward Ignacio Elazdo is the MLS Player of the Week. The award follows his breakout performance against Atlanta United FC on July 3rd when he tallied two goals and an assist to lead the Fire to a 3 0 win. On 98 9, the game. Eric Fry Sports Center update. The Blues continue their four-game road trip. The game against the New Jersey Devils at Prudential Center tonight. Blues coming off that 6-5 shootout victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're in fifth place in the Central Division with 39 points and an 18-17-3 record. Tonight's game starts at 6 o'clock. Illinois was not the only team that went down as number 21 Mizzou Tigers had a rough second half during a 7-4-68 loss to number 13 Arkansas at Bud Walton Arena. The uh, Tigers are now 12-2 and overall, 1-1 one one in the SEC with a loss. They will host Vanderbilt on Saturday. Other college groups in action from yesterday, Lindenwood beat Little Rock 67-62. Missouri State crushed Evansville 85-62. And SIU took down Drake 53-49. Today, Southeast Missouri State is at UT Martin. Eastern Illinois will visit Tennessee Tech. SIU Evansville hosts Tennessee State. And Western Illinois welcomes Omaha. A former St. Louis Rams wide receiver is headlining the list of 15 Pro Football Hall of Famers finalists. Torrey Holt was nominated for the fourth consecutive year. Holt was drafted by St. Louis in the first round of the 99 draft. He was a member of the greatest show on turf alongside Kurt Warner, Isaac Cruz, and Marshall Falk, among others. He helped the Rams win the Super Bowl during his rookie season and was the with the team through the end of the 2008 season. In his 10 years in St. Louis, Holt caught 869 passes for 12,000 yards and 74 touchdowns. 2023 Hall of Fame class will be announced on February 9th. Welcome back in to the starting lineup. Travis Sparks here, Eric Fry handling the uh, Sports Center hits, and yes, one of my one of uh, many players. Yeah, we'll probably get to that oh, in yeah. the the pod. Uh, rest of the names uh, for the finalists, and one of my favorite players from uh, growing up watching the uh, Rams there in uh, St. Louis was uh, Torrey Holt. So uh, nice to see that he made a finalist there. again. So uh, let's uh, take a look as it seems like we've uh, had a while since we've had uh, these uh, come out with the uh, AP. I know there are some basketball insiders that come out with their uh, weekly uh, rankings there, but the Associated Press came out with their polls. So you know what time it is. It's finally time to return to time Time for for the polls. Take a look at the Associated Press high school basketball polls. First, we'll start in a boys basketball. Only thing I wanted to highlight from uh, 4A was Lincoln Way East. They just won the FEM Topless Christmas Classic, and mm-hmm. uh, they're receiving 15 of votes there in a 4A. So that sh- shows you what uh, T-Town was up against yes. the other weekend. Uh, let's see here. In uh, 3A, we have – I don't think we have anybody to uh, really highlight – uh, Mount Zion did receive a couple of votes. 
Uh, Centralia received a vote, but that's about it. And 3A. In uh, 2A, uh, Fairbury Prairie Central stands at the top now. They're uh, number one currently in uh, 2A. Uh, St. Joe Ogden there at uh, number four. Uh, Breeze Central at uh, seven. And uh, they jumped up one spot from the last polls. And Totopolis jumps into the rankings as well as they come in at uh, number nine on the boys' side of things there in uh, 2A for them. Yeah, uh, well-deserved. Absolutely. On the year. Uh, Pinckneyville received uh, 16 uh, votes. Uh, Pleasant Plains, they were in the yep. tournament there yep. in FEM. Big gap, though, between 9 and 8. Uh, Topless oh, yeah. with, with, at 9th with 37 votes, whereas DePaul College Prep is at 62 points in 8th. So a big right. gap there for Topless trying to close in. And that College Prep is actually number 1. Uh, last time that these yeah. polls came out, and they fell all the way to eight. Well, yeah, there. they're seven and six on the year. You <laughs> can't be number one at seven and six. <laughs> Again, we don't know who the, those teams played, so uh, not big on my the college, uh, DePaul college prep. No, uh, don't know a whole lot. <laughs> uh, in class, a one A. Hey, that's where we see a Decatur LSA. Uh, they are at number three. Uh, so uh, good luck with that. In a couple weeks or a week or Tuesday, or, yeah, I knew it was soon. Tuesday, so number three team in one A coming to coming to town, coming to Cumberland. Yep. Yeah, Decatur LSA. Cumberland. Although, again, gotta pick a bone. They are the only team in the top five, Travis, not to get a first place vote. What True. is up with that? Yeah, no respect mm. yeah. for the Lions. No respect. Uh, they're down at the uh, bottom of the polls. We got uh, Tuscola. They're coming in at a number nine. They weren't ranked to last uh, polls. And Altamont comes in at a number 10 there, and they were not ranked uh, last polls. Uh, South Fork, I just mentioned they handed Tuscola their only loss mm-hmm. this season, and they're receiving uh, 21 votes there. Uh, Casey, uh, they're also receiving uh, 21 votts. North Clay, they got 16. Uh, Chrysler Rock, uh, they just won the Vandalia yeah. tournament. They're receiving 13 uh, votes there. Uh, we got South Central, they're getting four votes. St. Anthony also getting four votes. And Wizards Two Straws, 13-3 on the season. One vote is all they get yeah. for the Associated Press. There. I, I just, uh, basically, Travis, I call the bottom of the 1A polls the NTC plus because I think every team in the NTC just about gets at least one vote. Yeah. It's a lot of teams getting votes there. Uh, one bone that I had to pick with, yeah. and this kind of is kind of the uh, product of the schedule, I guess in some aspects, but where's Olney? Yeah. Richland County not even receiving a vote there in three yeah. or anything at all. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think that's a product of competition. Yeah, maybe, but yeah, should be. Yeah, I still two. argue that Centralia Chrysler Rock should be higher as well than yeah. getting 13 votes. but yeah, And Windsor two straws. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I agree there. And uh, the girls' uh, side of the uh, polls in uh, 3A, uh, Lincoln, uh, they're at uh, number four. And they actually received a three first-place votes there. And oh, yeah, 18-0 on the season. No one else in 3A has as many as 18 wins. Right, they should yeah. be number one. Uh, Galesburg there, they were just at the Mattoon uh, tournament. They tied for a ninth, technically, uh, and uh, so uh, they didn't move, move very much. Uh, Taylorville, they're receiving uh, one uh, vote. Uh, we just said that they were having a mm-hmm. great season. And Muhammad, they're receiving uh, six votes, who uh, yep. just beat Galesburg uh, the other day there. 
In Class 2A, we see Tatopoulos coming in at a number four in the polls. Of course, Quincy Notre Dame still holding on to that number one slot, 17-1 and one overall. But Tatopoulos there, 14-A and a two. And they're coming in at number four, sliding up a couple of uh, spots there from the last time we had a poll. And Paris also moves up a couple of spots uh, there at number six right now with 56 points. We mentioned 17-1 and one yeah. overall. 17 and 1, their one loss was to Camp Point Central, uh, who's now 8th. I say they slid into the polls as well. 12 and 2 on the year, yeah. so uh, I don't know, 17 and 1, I'd have them a little higher, but that is me. Right, yeah, the gap isn't very, very big. You know, Topless, 60 points, uh, Byron, 58, and hey, Byron. Paris, 56. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, Shout I, out to family and Byron. I forgot they have ties to byron i you have so many that i, I know that right I forget <laughs> you have ties exactly too uh number one team uh in uh, class of 1a actually is there anyone that received votes yeah Pena got two votes okay yeah i thought there was someone yep uh, up there in uh, class 1a glenna they're uh, number one they stayed to put their resounding Number one, 119, and then Minden Unity, 98 points. At number two, uh, Tuscola, they received a one, a first place of vote, and they jump up to a number four at 18 and 0. Nioga is right behind them at a number five, 17 and 1, and their only losses to Tuscola mm-hmm. there. So Nioga actually slid down a couple of spots to a number five there, but still holding strong there. Uh, St. Anthony, they dropped a spot, but they're still in there at number eight there with 34 points there and then Nokomis I know that uh Altamont's gonna face them uh I think at the beginning of next month but they got 10 votes uh right now and uh, Tri-County receiving three votes in the 1A polls there mm. so there you go there you seems go. like it's been uh, a while since we had polls and there you go hopefully they'll be releasing them more frequently yes I don't really understand how that works in basketball. Now, in case you were wondering, um, we do know assignments for um, the postseason for girls. Mm-hmm. We don't know anything else other than who's in what subsection and whatnot. But Nioga and Tuscola are on different subsectionals, but they are on the same sectional. So if they are going to play each other again, it would have to be sectional championship. Mm-hmm. So there's that to keep in the back of your mind. That to consider. Yeah, and uh, sometime soon we might take a look at those uh, yeah. assignments uh, too. I know they have been out for uh, a while there, just haven't had time to uh, jump into them deeply there. So let's uh, take a break and uh, close it out. We don't have a lot more time, but we'll close out talking some uh, national sports. We'll try to get to some hockey and uh, NBA basketball coming up to close out the show. From the 98.9 The Game Studios, the starting lineup. We'll be right back. You shouldn't let financial concerns spoil your retirement, and you shouldn't have to worry about what you'll leave for your family after you're gone. If you set up a tax-free inheritance for your loved ones with single premium whole life insurance, you can drop your worries and enjoy your retirement. Contact your local Pekin Insurance agent to request a single premium whole life quote. And in Effingham, call Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. Imagine the possibilities with the Topless State Bank. This is Justin Naders. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, 
We'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk to your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank. In Teutopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. And now. So can. It's a little overrated. Just two cents. Peyton Manning is overrated. A little bit, yeah. You're thinking of his like last year. No. Don't think of him as his last year. No, like his whole career. The starting lineup. <laughs> he is properly rated. No, a little overrated. How dare you? On 98.9 The Game. Peyton Manning can thank Edron James, Jeff Saturday, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark. All right, then Joe Montana is overrated. Thank oh, you can thank yeah. Jerry Rice for everything. I, time left here on 98.9 but whatever we don't get to here in the show we'll get to in the podcast still do have a lot more bullet points to talk yes. about and hit on in the pod but let's close out talking some national sports let's close out talking some national basketball it was uh, the grizzlies 111 or 131 uh to 107 over the hornets it was the uh, Cavs. this was a college game score 90 to 88 was the final there, uh, the Magic, they beat the uh, Thunder 126-115. to Shade Gilder-Alexander, not quite 50-point performance, mm-hmm. 33 points. Though. I know, I was very disappointed. <laughs> uh, and uh, Joel Embiid did not score 50 points either, no. I predicted either. But uh, 76ers needed overtime to beat the Pacers 129-126. to uh, the uh, Knicks beat the Spurs by three, a one seventeen to a one fourteen. Hey, uh, Jalen Brunson almost scored forty, had thirty eight. Uh, the Bucks needed overtime uh, to beat the Raptors, one hundred four to a one hundred one, and Giannis thirty points, twenty one rebounds, ten assists. So that's a triple double, but twenty one points caught my eye. Hey, look at the Bulls. They beat yeah. the Nets. They stopped their 12-game winning streak last night. And uh, Kevin Durant had 44, but it wasn't good enough to beat the Bulls. 121 to 1-12 was the final there. Isn't that such a Bulls thing to do, being a uh, losing record, but then stop the hottest team in yeah. the NBA? Yeah, I mean, that's what we do. <laughs> oh, man, I think Iowa had a good performance last night, too. I think he had a chase down. Uh, block. I think KD gave him some pretty good compliments in the post-game presser. That means uh, he's leaving Chicago. <laughs> A Chicago kid leaving Chicago? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, Timberwolves 113, 2-0-1-0-6. Uh, the Pelicans without Zion, they beat you know, the Rockets 119, 2-0-1-0-8. Stop there. Losing skid a little bit. Uh, the Pistons took down the Warriors at home, so a rare loss there in Chase Center. Pistons won uh, 22 at 2 1 19. There, the Lakers, hey, they actually won a game 112 to 109 over the uh, Heat. And the Hawks over the uh, Kings 120 to 117 last night. Let's take a look at what's happening in the NBA. What is happening? The uh, national games is the Celtics and uh, Mavericks, a good one to begin it on TNT. And the Clippers and the uh, Nuggets. Close it out on national television tonight. Jazz and Rockets and Grizzlies and Magic. 
are also in action mm-hmm. there. Let's take a look at what happened on the ice quickly uh, before uh, we get out of here. Uh, the uh, Devils, uh, they picked up the win over the uh, Red Wings last night, uh, 5-1. to one. Uh, It was also 5-1 to one final in the Wild and the Lightning. Wild won this one over Tampa. And the Ducks with a shutout of the Stars, 2-0 two, uh, two, uh, there. And one of those where the Ducks having a terrible season and the Stars are good this year again. And uh, the Ducks pulling out the win, though. So, hey, Ducks fly together. They do. Just when they think you're about to break apart, ducks fly right. together. I almost thought they were wearing those uniforms, but uh, that's the Minnesota uh, reverse retro, I guess they would call those hey, unis. Before we get out of here, Travis, and we got a lot more coming up in the pot, I know. We do, yeah. Um, I do want to say that it, it came in a, a little over an hour ago. Uh, DeMar Hamlin has shown sure. improvement over the past 24 hours. His agent said that he is awake mm-hmm. and he's gripping the hands of family members at the hospital. Yeah, that is it's awesome news. outstanding to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, the team said that he is still critically ill. Um, neurologically, though, he is intact, uh, which means he's able to move some of his extremities um, and uh, his lungs continue to heal and he is making progress. So, yeah, this is that's awesome. Awesome to hear. news. Awesome to hear. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's great for the Bills, as we talked about as well, to get that. Right. That news coming into the weekend. Yeah, I thought like his uh, family or someone yep. uh, from uh, his camp uh, had like a video call with mm. the, with the team, and they said that Buffalo really needed that. Awesome, so, awesome. So, uh, as bad as it was, it's trending in the right direction right, right. now. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely some uh, big encouragement there. Yep. That uh, neurologically intact and squeezing the hands of the loved ones around him. So. Uh, very awesome to yep. hear there. Uh, but uh, let's continue uh, some uh, conversation uh, and uh, let's uh, go to the uh, podcast here. Uh, we still got a lot more to uh, talk oh, yeah. about XFL schedule. Got to recap the rest of college basketball and a couple more NFL hits. And uh, the Cubs. The Cubs. I got to talk about the Cubs and how they made the best deal of the offseason. Yeah, it was official yesterday, and oh, and the Red Sox made a huge deal as well. Oh, yeah. So, I'm but, not going to talk about that. <laughs> but it was official yesterday, so we'll talk about that Cubs news coming up in the pod. But coming up next here on ESPN Radio is Harry and Fitz, or Fitz and Harry. Either way, they're coming up here on ESPN Radio. Catch us in the pod. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in to uh, overtime of the uh, starting lineup here on the pod. It's Travis and Eric still hanging out with you. Coming up, we still got more to uh, talk about NFL and news and uh, notes. XFL schedule release, the rest of uh, college basketball, and uh, a little bit more as well with uh, the Hall of Fame, uh, other players that were announced as finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame mm-hmm. there. Coming up here in the pod, so uh, let's kick it off by cleaning up a little bit of sports in there. Alrighty, uh, as we talked about yesterday, the Bears have ruled out Justin Fields for Sunday's game. Uh, he did get injured in Sunday's game against the Lions. He underwent an MRI, which found there was a strain in his hip. Yeah, so he will finish six four yards short. But hey, 
I'd rather he sat the game out and, you know, made sure he was healthy for the the future. Uh, the Bears did sign wide receiver um, Equimius St. Brown to a one-year extension yesterday, so he'll be sticking around. And they placed uh, Tevin Jenkins, Michael Schofield, and Josh Blackwell on injured reserves. Yeah. Um, other college basketball news from yesterday. DePaul fell to Butler. Loyola was crushed by Davidson, 80-57. to Bradley lost to Murray State. Illinois State was defeated by Indiana State. IUC went down to Belmont. Valpo fell to Northern Iowa. Um, let's see. We already talked about the Sixers. Uh, Bobby Wagner sharing his thoughts on facing Seattle in Seattle this weekend. The linebacker said there will be, quote, a lot of emotions as he takes the field against his former team. Wagner described playing against Seahawks as, quote, playing the organization that you felt gave up on you, end quote. Besides part of ways in the offseason after 10 years together, but Wagner said he felt disrespected by the way the Seahawks handled his release. Texas A&M head football coach Jimbo Fisher has made a decision on his team's new offensive coordinator. It'll be former Arkansas and Louisville head coach Bobby Paterno as he is set to take over the Aggie offense, according to ESPN. He'll take over primary play-calling duties from Fisher. Paterno uh, spent the last three years as head coach at Missouri State, where he led the Bears to an 18-15 and record. The Aggies are coming off a disappointing 5-7 and season. The deal is not done. The physical process hasn't started, but according to ESPN, the Red Sox are finalizing an 11-year, $331 million contract with Rafael Devers. The deal also includes a $20 million signing bonus. The agreement comes one day after Boston avoided arbitration with the third baseman by signing him to a one-year deal worth $17.5 million. Over the last four seasons, Devers has hit 292 with 108 home runs and 359 RBIs. So there goes any chance of him coming to Chicago. <laughs> And a familiar face is coming back to the Brewers. ESPN reports that Wade Miley has agreed to a one-year, $4.5 million deal to return to Milwaukee. The pitcher started 16 games for the Brew Crew back in 2018, where he had a 2.57 ERA over 80-plus innings pitched. The lefty spent last season with the Cubs and had a 3.16 ERA over just 37 innings due to injury. Veteran starter will fit into a rotation that includes Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and Freddie Peralta. So, there is that. And that does it for your Sports Center. That does it for your Minus sports. A, a couple things, but we'll talk about those as we go along. So, where would you like to go? Um, let's go ahead and uh, let's clean up college basketball from okay. uh, last night. Uh, and before we get to anything that's happening in the future, any other bullet points? Uh, UConn they went down last night in the men's college basketball. They beat uh, or they got beat by Providence seventy three sixty one. Also, uh, Miami got upset by Georgia Tech, 76-70. And Arkansas beat Mizzou, like you said, 74-68. NC State put it on at Duke last night. They got off to a huge run. Uh, Stars like 18-2. It could have been worse, but that's what I saw. I saw that meme of John Shire, his face uh, there. And uh, so NC State ended up winning 84-60 over the uh, Dukies last night. One of the uh, worst losses, I think. Duke in ACC play hmm. to a non-ranked opponent, I should say. Uh, TCU won by a point against Baylor, 88-87. to uh, Georgia took down number 22, Auburn, 76-64. Charleston over North Carolina, A&T. And it was Iowa over Oklahoma, 63-60 last night in a top 25. Only other game in the Big Ten last night besides Northwestern and U of I was a Michigan winning over Penn State. 79 to a 69 was the final there. Before we move on to college basketball happening today, Travis, did you see the uh, the technical that happened uh, with Texas A&M in Florida? 
I don't think I did. There was a technical that happened before opening tip as Texas A&M trailed before the opening tip, one to nothing, as they were assessed a technical because the Aggies, after final warm-ups, realized that the managers had left their game jerseys at the team hotel. So they had to double time back to get the jerseys, and the officials gave them a technical for delay of game. Jeez. So the Aggies would come back to win it by three, 66-63. But, uh, wow. Uh, Williams, who is the head coach, Buzz Williams, who got his fifth yeah. hundredth, uh, vi- a victory in his fifth, 500th game as a head coach, said, quote, I forgot the jerseys in my hotel room. That's probably the right way to say it because I used to be a manager. If that would have happened, my head coach would have stuck me for good. Uh, stuck up for me. You don't want the jerseys to get wrinkled, so they hang them in my room, and I just forgot to put them on the bus. It's my fault, and it won't happen again. So, there you go. Well, at least he's covering yeah. for the manager. He did. Saying. Yes, <laughs> that yes. was my fault. Um, so there you go. How about that? Uh, as players though use the pregame hole, albeit the smallest one possible, as extra motivation. They quickly undressed Florida, led by as many as 11 points in the opening 20 minutes, um, and they said that the jerseys were a big part of that, uh, as far as uh, how they ended up winning. Wow. So uh, one of the players said that the team was willing to play in their practice jerseys. It was an option. They were maroon. And we're like, look, we'll wear the practice jerseys. We're underdogs. We'll grind it out. We don't care. So there you go. Uh, One of the players Uh, said just moving too fast is how they got left behind. I think just trying to get here and get ready for the game, just moving too fast, honestly. From the outside looking in, it probably looked like it was a big distraction, but Coach does his best to keep us locked in, just trying to turn a negative into a positive. So Hmm. there you go. I can't imagine you take for granted. Yeah. Getting teed up for it and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, starting the game down one, nothing. So yeah, uh, no, I didn't hear about that. Yeah. I saw that. It was, I I thought that was rather unique. Don't see that a whole lot. (laughs) It was unique. Uh, Indeed. Uh, top 25 action uh, tonight. We got the number one team in the country on. Uh, we got uh, Purdue. Uh, they're making the trip to uh, Columbus to take on Ohio State. So it's one versus 24. And Ohio State actually is favored by one and a half points. I guess they get the home favorite mm-hmm. thing out. I don't know why they would be favored against the number one team in the country, especially how good Purdue has looked this year. But right. they are. Mm. Uh, Houston, they are 20-point favorites at home against SMU. Houston, number two in the country right now. Uh, of course, uh, Purdue just suffered their first loss the other day to Rutgers. Right. Uh, Indiana, they are uh, at Iowa tonight. Indiana ranked 15th in the country. Number 10, UCLA hosting a USC. Washington at number five, Arizona. And number nine, against Gonzaga. They're against uh, San Francisco late night this evening, starting at 10 o'clock. On ESPN two, you got the uh, uh, Pac twelve games on ESPN tonight, and uh, then uh, Gonzaga on a ten o'clock that Eric's gonna miss. I will. He'll be in bed by a couple hours. I mean, I may I may be up uh, in time to see the end of it, depending on how long it lasts. Depending, yeah. We'll see. That's true. That's true. There. So, uh, anything else happening in the Big Ten? I think those were the only. Uh, matchups. Uh, you also got Maryland Rutgers tonight. That's the only other one. And also uh, tonight, if you want to see a real team, a real Illinois team play Northwestern, uh, the women play uh, Northwestern tonight. They're in uh, Champaign. So uh, maybe one of the Illinois teams can pull it out there uh, wearing the Illini colors over Northwestern. Hopefully. I think the girls can. I say I'm more more confident in them than uh, the uh, men after last night, especially. Uh, 
All right, so uh, let's uh, stick in uh, college sports because I saw this that uh, the thing yesterday. Did you hear about this about uh, the national championship coming up at SoFi in LA? They're allowing no tailgating. Really? No tailgating in the parking lots. How are you gonna have the college football championship? SEC notorious for tailgating, and then they're gonna have no tailgating in the parking lots allowed. You can still park there for a good penny, right? Six and a half hours before the game, but <laughs> you can't tailgate. Big uh, oversight on there in yeah. LA. Yeah, I don't know who came up with that rule. They don't know football. They don't. They don't. Well, you would think they should. I mean, at least college football. Yeah, you probably don't do a lot of tailgating for Niners games, or the Rams, or the Rams. Now, you know who we can blame this on? Stank Rocky. That's right. That's the fun the sucker do. himself. <laughs> yeah, that, that's all. Uh, I'll, I'll blame it on. Yes, that's, that's the good. Fun sucker Stan Kroenke. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. So, uh, speaking of uh, Stan Kroenke, the reason why we don't have football in uh, St. Louis in the NFL is because of him. And uh, we do have XFL of football coming to uh, St. Louis. The Battlehawks uh, back. But the schedule was released for the XFL, like we were talking about at the beginning of the show. Their first game in St. Louis isn't until March 12th against Arlington, the Renegades, as uh, the Battlehawks will start the first three games on the road. Mm. What the heck is that? Uh, bad scheduling is what it is. <sighs> They'll open up the season on February 19th so only uh I think that's only a week after the Super Bowl gets done uh they'll be in San Antonio to take on the Brahmas where did they come up with that name from hmm. in the company's headquarters isn't it or is it in Houston I think it's in Houston never mind it says it's in San it's that's San Antonio no 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 the the headquarters of oh. the the XFL I think it's in Houston uh, I don't know I know it's in Texas somewhere um, then uh, the uh, week number two for the Battle Hawks is against the Seattle, the Sea Dragons, on Thursday Night Football ah. on FX on February 23rd. On March 5th, they're at the D.C. Defenders. And then finally in week four, their first home game against Arlington Renegades, March 12th at 3 o'clock. So playing your schedules accordingly. I might yes. need uh, I might need March 13th off, just to let you know, Eric. Hmm. I think I was already taking that day off. So. Mm, well, it's unfortunate that both of us are going to be here. I don't know what we're going to do for the show. I guess we'll have to pull Derek in here for there you uh, go. the show. Mm. Uh, but the uh, XFL uh, season will uh, kick off on February 18th with the Vipers and Renegades squaring off in the uh, first game there. Some other uh, opening weekend games will be uh, the Guardians of Orlando taking on the Houston Roughnecks on uh, 8.30 on February 18th. Mm. So, let's see, that is a Wednesday that they're getting uh, kicked off. That's going to be at 3 Eastern between uh, uh, Vegas and Arlington on Wednesday on ABC. And then that doubleheader with the Guardians and Roughnecks. Uh, then uh, Thursday will be uh, the Battle Hawks and uh, San Antonio. And then uh, later that night will be uh, the Sea Dragons of Seattle at the D.C. Defenders are there, and I believe all these games are on ESPN Family or ESPN and Fox, I guess, Family yeah, of yeah. Networks, because there was some FX 
games there. And the championship for the XFL is slated right now, so make your plans accordingly uh, for the Battle Hawks to be there on May 13th. Where will it be? For the XFL championship. I don't know. Okay. I do not know. Travis already looking ahead, making Mm -hmm. sure he can get that day off. May 13th. That's a Saturday. That's perfect. Perfect. That's what the NFL should do. Yeah. At the Super Bowl on Saturday. We've talked about that for years. Yeah, exactly. So. By the way, you don't want the 13th off, Travis. You want the 14th off. The 13th is a Monday. So I'm assuming it's a Monday night game. So you want the 14th off, which would be the Tuesday. No, it's the the 12th is the is the game on Sunday. Oh, I thought you said it was the 13th. I, my no, apologies. It's the 12th on Sunday. I might need a little bit of recovery time on yes, Monday. I understand now. You know I get I mean. you now. My voice yes. might need some rest. Nothing else. Yelling Battlehawk. Nothing else at all. Battlehawk's a long name. Yeah, Kaka. Doing go. that for an hour is <laughs> yeah. definitely going to be bad. For three hours. <laughs> well, yeah, because you got pregame. So exactly. I mean, and postgame after the win, obviously. So afterwards, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, so. I can see your dilemma. Here. <laughs> exactly. You see, you get me. I get you. You get me now. <laughs> All right, so uh, transitioning into the other uh, football league, and that's the uh, NFL. I saw that yesterday. Uh, I guess some media was available to uh, some teams, and uh, the uh, Giants rookie that uh, celebrated that injury yeah. at Snowball, apparently he doesn't know who Jeff Sarad is. Yeah, I saw that. He said something about, uh, oh, about uh, this narrative of celebrating or whatever, and he doesn't want to hear it from people that he doesn't know, and he implied that he didn't know Jeff Sarad. Yeah. Now, to be fair, Jeff Saturday did retire in 2012, and uh, Thibodeau is only 22 years old. He was born in 2000, so he would have been only 12 years old at that point. But when Jeff, Jeff Saturday, Saturday did retired. ESPN. Like, I know. He, he was an analyst on ESPN for like four or five years. I know. So that's not <laughs> a good enough excuse. That makes me feel old if the players today don't know who Jeff Saturday is. Travis, there's lots of things that make me feel old, like when I wake up in the morning. Yeah. That makes me feel old. It's true. When I stand up from the chair and it goes all over my body. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. That's true. And also something that I was uh, watching on uh, first take the this morning, that's kind of been my routine lately, of uh, Adam Schefter actually uh, brought up about this if they weren't able to make up this Bills and mm-hmm. Bengals game for week 17 of a possibility if uh, those teams were involved in the championship game, that the championship game would be played at a neutral site for the AFC. Hmm. I thought that was an interesting thing that I hadn't even thought of yet. I think they should just do what we we do in all types of situations. And, uh, you know, we've seen it and we've seen it in playoffs. We've seen it in, in a bunch of other sports. Flip a coin. Someone else brought that up on ESPN radio yesterday too. I hate it, as, as, as I've said on this show before, but it's been established in other sports leagues that if you have an issue where a team is tied or something like that, you can flip a coin and make it right. So, well, Was there an issue, though, with the, the coin toss for, for overtime deciding the winner? <laughs> There's always so. issues, Travis. <laughs> I know. I know. All but. right, here you go. You ready? Uh-huh. Here's, here's how you, you solve the seed issue. And they can do this at their own practice facilities. Have a kickoff. Whoever kicks the longest field goal gets the higher seed. Right. Make the kickers feel important. Right. (laughs) You can do it virtually. They don't have to meet up. They don't have to have a game. Just have a kickoff. There you go. Perfectly. 
I thought Joe Burrow said it perfectly yesterday or the, this morning when he said basically just whatever Buffalo uh, wants to do, the Bengals are, are comfortable with. They're obviously being very flex, flexible right. with those circumstances, so uh, they're cool with uh, however Buffalo wants to deal with it and it seems like it's in their court of what they want to do. Madden. There you go. It's just true. Play the game on Madden. Do it's it true. online. Play Madden. Don't have your two best players. Have your two worst players. Yeah, play. two worst Madden players. Who's never even played? No, have the Madden. coaches play. Oh, there you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Now we're now we're thinking. I think I saw a quote where uh, yesterday, as you said in the media availability, uh, the Bengals coach Thomas was available, and he mentioned about how when him and McDermott met mm-hmm. after everything had happened, and he told him. He said, uh, McDermott said, I have to be at the hospital. I can't be here. Yeah. I can't coach this team. And at that point, Thomas said his respect, which is already high, grew even tenfold for Coach McDermott because that was the call. And that's that's why the game didn't happen is because, you know, the players, yes, but also Coach McDermott saying, I got to go be with my player. I got to go be in the hospital with him, not here coaching a game. Right, so. yeah, exactly. Now, speaking of that game, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say they're disappointed, especially considering everything. But it came out today, Travis, that uh, that game on Monday night was the most watched Monday night football telecast in ESPN history. Mm. It averaged 23.8 million viewers um, across ABC, ESPN, ESPN2. So you combine them all together. Most watch um, from 8.30 to 10.09. That's when they looked at it. So um, the massive audience was the most watched Monday Night Football broadcast since the NFL moved the series to ESPN in 06. Now, uh, the game, however, as we know, was postponed, um, suspended. Um, Now, during gameplay, ESPN averaged 21.1 million viewers, um, according to Nielsen. That number grew to 23.9 million viewers between 9 and 10.15 when they switched over to coverage after everything had happened. So yeah. the, their audience did grow by 2 million, probably because yeah. people were seeing on Intrigued. social media what's happening, what's going on. Um, an ESPN person told CNN on Wednesday that given the special circumstances around Monday's game, it was not clear whether the viewership numbers would be factored into the season average or used for historical purposes. So, And I feel ESPN's in a tough spot there. Like, on one hand, you want to tout it, like it's the highest watched game ever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, people weren't tuning f- in for the game. Right, it wasn't for the reason. It wasn't. It wasn't the for right the game. Reasons. You know, the viewership number rose by two million after the game had been postponed. Mm-hmm. So, but it was still during that game time slot. So it counts as a game rating. So, mm-hmm. just thought that was interesting. Yeah. All right. So I think that's. Uh... I think that's all the bullet points that I uh, really wanted to hit on. Well, did you want to hit on uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame? The Hall of Fame, yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, talk more about the other finalists yes. that made it. Uh, Jared Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, former defensive end. Most known as a Viking, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. But he did have a run with the Bears for two years. <laughs> I'm just saying. He did, yeah. Uh, maybe he'll have that Bears logo when he uh, – no. Uh, Willie Anderson, <laughs> offensive tackle from 96 to 07 with the Bengals. Uh, Rondé Barber, the defensive back from 97 to 2012 with the Buccaneers. Dwight Freeney, 
of Colts fame. Um, again, he played with multiple teams, including the Chargers, Cardinals, Falcons, Lions, and Seahawks, but he'll be best known as a Colt. Wow, he played for that many other teams? Yeah, he didn't like... retire until 2017, Travis. He left the Colts in 2012. Wow. He had five more years. Wow. I, I knew he did play a little bit after yeah. he left the Colts, but I didn't realize it was Chargers for all two those years. different teams. I kind of remember the Chargers a little Cardinals bit. Cardinals for a year, Falcons for a year, and then I'm guessing Detroit and Seattle for a half year each. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> Devin Hester, of yes. course, again, most known as a Chicago Bear. He was a Bear from 06-2013, and then he played two years in Atlanta. A year in Baltimore, and or half a year in Baltimore, half a year with the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yeah. Torrey Holt, we already mentioned, and we'll come back to some of these. Um, Torrey Holt, we mentioned, uh, was a Ram from 99 to 08. And then in 09, he played for Jacksonville, Travis, but you didn't know that, did you? No. Torrey Holt was a Jag? Uh, no, I like to forget about those. Andre years. Johnson, wide receiver. Uh, from 03 to 2014 with the Texans, best known as a Texan. But he did spend one year with the Colts in 2015 and one year with the Titans in 2016. Hmm. Albert Lewis, cornerback, um, from 83 to 93 with the Chiefs, then from 94 to 98 with the Raiders. Darrell Revis, 07 to 2012, and then 2015 to 2016 with the Jets. He was a Buccaneer for a year. He was a Patriot for a year. He was a Chief for a year. You know, Darrell Revis was a Patriot and a Chief. I don't remember Revis. Revis Island being in Kansas City in New England. Um, I kind of remember the Patriots a little bit. Joe Thomas, uh, left tackle from 07 to 2017 with the Browns. That's it. Whole career with the Browns. Uh, Zach Thomas, linebacker, 96 to 07 with the Dolphins and one year with the Cowboys. Demarcus Ware, uh, 2005 to 2013 with Dallas and then 2014 to 2016 with the Broncos. Reggie Wayne. Wide receiver for the Colts from 01 to 2014. Patrick Willis, linebacker for the 49ers from 07 to 2014. Uh, and then Darren Woodson, the safety for the Cowboys from 92 to 2003. So those are our finalists. Um, it doesn't say how many people are going to be a, a, a picked, mm-hmm. but let's let's just let's just do a little do a little asking of Travis. Okay. So I'm going to go through Travis, and you tell me if you think this person will be in the Hall of Fame or not. Or should be. Should be, in your opinion. This year or this just year. in general? This year. Jared Allen. Um, eventually, yes. Not this year, though. No. We'll say, we'll say five. You get five for this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Willie Anderson. I always uh, think it's tough for offensive tackles to get in. Because they're, yeah. they're no names. Right. No. Rondé Barber. Super mm. Bowl champ. Yeah, we'll go with him. Dwight Freeney? Should be, yes. Torrey Holt? Yes. That's going to be a yes for you. I knew that. <laughs> Andre Johnson? No. Albert Lewis? That was before our time, so I'll give you a pass on that one. Yeah. No. Darrell Revis? No, not this year. Joe Thomas? Yes. Zach Thomas. Eventually. Demarcus Ware? Eventually, no. Reggie Wayne? Hmm. I want to say yes. Uh huh. But no. Patrick Willis? No. Darren Woodson? Mm, maybe. I mean, 
me, and maybe it's because I I do have you know family who are Cowboys fans. Three time Super Bowl champ should probably be in there. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not saying they won't right. be ever, but and the most controversial name, Devin Hester. Yes, there's I. I think he should, but I don't think he will. I don't know if he'll get it this year. I don't think he'll ever get in. Mm. He mean, changed the game exactly. in kickoffs and punt returns. I mean, we'll they never made... we'll never see one like him again because the game's so yeah. different now. Yeah, but the kickoffs. But is that enough to get someone into a Hall of Fame? Yeah, when you're one of like I said, when you're one of the best ever at something. You should get in. I was going to look up career uh, kick return numbers because I want to see touchdown wise where he's at. I mean, unless someone just recently break broke him, maybe Cordell Patterson, maybe just broke yes. it. Yes, Cordell Patterson has nine. Mm-hmm. In fact, Devin Hester is ninth on the list. He has five. And kickoff returns? Yeah. Kickoff return touchdowns. Kickoff returns. But let's look for punt. Punt returns, yeah. Punt. Kickoff and punt returns. That seems to be punt returns for touchdowns. They were both combined. Devin Hester leads the league. He has 14, most all time. Second place is Eric Metcalf, who has 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go, 14 plus 9 for the kickoff numbers. Mm-hmm. So 23 total. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I, I think he should. If you look kick and punt return yards combined, Devin Hester is 8th. I'm Brian Mitchell, Alan uh, Rusin, Josh Cribbs, Mel Gary, Given Murbin, Dante Hall, Darren Sproles are all ahead of him, hmm. which is a lot more than I thought. I'll be honest. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. I guess I just think of the touchdowns and the highlights. Right. So with that being said, and considering how bad of a receiver he was, and he wasn't a great cornerback. When he when he tried that out as well, like he is a he is a, a return specialist. <laughs> I didn't even realize he played. I think defense. he played I yeah know. for a little bit. <laughs> he could have. I could be wrong. He could have. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought he played. Yeah, he played defensive back his first two years in Chicago. Hmm. And then he played in 2013. He was a D back as well. Hmm. 16 games. Didn't know that. In his career. Uh, receiving. <laughs> he has, uh, for his career, 3,000 yards and 16 touchdowns. Receiving for his career. Mm-hmm. That's not great. No, it isn't. That's not Hall of Fame numbers. No. Like we said, kick return his... yards, kick and punt returns, mm-hmm. 3,000 uh, for his career, 3,695 punt return yards, 7,333 kick return yards, five touchdowns, 
Uh, kick returning, 14 touchdowns. Punt returning, that's pretty good. Plus a kickoff return in the Super Bowl. First, uh, yeah. uh, first kickoff, it was the opening kickoff. Yep. Ah, uh, man, I remember that. Yeah, that awful Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, it was all, all downhill from there, from yep. the Bears. If it wasn't raining, oh, yeah. man, I tell you, man, they might have a chance. Probably not. Probably not, but... 37. I, I don't see him getting in this year, but I personally w- would put him in eventually. He's got 37 total touchdowns, Travis, in his career. Like, total. That's receiving, kicking, and punting. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah. Mm. It's such a specialized niche thing. Right. And I think that's what's going to hold him back. Is he wasn't. You think of someone like a Deion Sanders. He could return the ball on kicks, but he also was a good defender. He was also a good, you know, wide receiver. You got to have a little something else to go with it, to pair with it. Devin Hester is the only guy I think that is strictly that. Yeah. It definitely helped Deion's case that he was an exceptional defender as well. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know number-wise, even if it is, you know, the most, like we said, punt returns in, in his career, four touchdown, 14, next best is 10. So he's got a gap there. There's no denying he is the best punt returner of all time based on touchdowns. But is that enough to get you into the Hall of Fame? Considering he only has five kick return for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And the record is 10. So we only got half of those. Yeah. Mm. How long did how long did David Hester play in the league? Eight years. Only eight years. Yeah. How long did Cordell Patterson play in the league? I feel like it was a while. Definitely more than eight years. I feel. Uh, Pro Football Reference. See, uh, that's six, eight, ten years. He's just, yeah. He's it's got only nine. two extra, only two extra years. But he's still playing. Right. Yep, he's played 17 games for the uh, Falcons. For the Falcons. And he's won a Super Bowl, something Devin Hester does not have. But we're not comparing those two. We're comparing Devin Hester to everyone else on that list. Mm. And I think there are more people deserving on that list. Like I said, I gave you five. And there were a couple that you said, not this year, but maybe later. Mm-hmm. That I think are deserving mm. more so than Devin Hester. Yeah. And I hate that because, I, like I said, he changed the game. Like, no one was doing what Devin Hester did. Yeah. There is no denying it. And the excitement he brought. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Darren, uh, Darren Woodson will, will get in. Yeah, yeah. Just watching the highlights here <laughs> underneath, so oh. <laughs> he'll get in. I, I 
I want Devin Hester to get in just to prove all the people saying he shouldn't be in there wrong. But I don't know if there's enough of an argument that you can make to get him in. Mm. Eight years isn't, isn't, I mean, it's a long time, but it's not as long as, like, say, a Joe Thomas, who, you know, was up there for 12, 13 years playing offensive tackle, which is a much more harder position to play. Yeah, it's a slam dunk for him, I think. Yeah. Uh, Devin Hester, I want you to get in. I don't know if you're going to. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not looking good for you, pal, but I'm cheering for you. I mean, I'm cheering for him. I want him to get in. Mm-hmm. I just, when you look at the number, you know, I think part of it is my nostalgia of wanting him to get in because I remember him playing a, being a bear and I remember the excitement he brought and, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Sure. But for sure. We're pulling for you, Devin. Go, go, Hester. Go, Hester. Ugh. Travis says. Those finally are those people that get into the hall should be announced around kind of the Super Bowl yeah, and February the AFC championship games. By the way, Gail Sayers has more kick returns for touchdowns than Devin Hester. So Devin Hester does not even have the record for most kick return to, for touchdowns as a bear. Uh, I'm know, not helping those, his argument here, am I? No, not really. So he should probably say less. Say less. There. Say less, Eric. Shut I don't think, up. Uh, I don't think uh, Gail Sayers was playing against the athletes that uh, Devin Hester was playing. Yeah, against. but Gail Sayers is also a Hall of Famer who also was a pretty good running back. Well, I was gonna say yes. He was also known for being a talented running back. So who played that? Eight years. Yeah. Man, I thought that would be longer. Nope. Eight years. Sixty-five to seventy-one. All with the Bears. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Gail, Mr. Gail Sayers. All right. The Gail Sayers. Before we get out of here, Travis. Mm-hmm. The Cubs. Oh yes, you wanted to talk about the Cubs. They uh, they did it. They made it official yesterday. They did. They signed Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer is a Chicago Cub. I'm not. I don't know. I wasn't super excited about this deal. Just because I'm I'm not a huge Eric Hosmer fan. Mm-hmm. But he does have some power which is a nice thing that the Cubs do need. He's a serviceable first baseman, obviously, four-time Gold Glove Award winner. Obviously, pretty good defensively over at first. Mm-hmm. But the reason, Travis, why I love this deal, one year, league minimum. Mm-hmm. League minimum, $720,000. That's it. Hmm. And to think that the Padres are still paying Hosmer $39 million over the next three seasons. Hmm. So the Cubs basically are getting him for free. Sure. Wow. Yeah, that's a huge steal. That is a huge steal. Even if he leaves after a year, you're going to get a much better upgrade at first base than what you have right now. Hmm. Why did the Padres make that deal? It's crazy. Because they just wanted to trade him because I they got they Josh Bell. Yeah. So they they had to trade him. Well, they're going to do anything. Them. He was with them last year, though. Bell was with them last year. Second half of the year. I thought it was for the whole season, but maybe I'm wrong. No, trade deadline. Was it? Yeah, it was a trade deadline because Bell came over with Soto to San Diego. Mm, okay. 
and then uh, Hosmer ended oh, yeah, up being right. tripped to Boston because he didn't want to go to Washington. Mm-hmm. That's right. But they had to they had to make room for him. Yeah. So yeah, right. I remember the that Cubs now. are basically getting Eric Hosmer for free. Yeah. Wow. Which I think makes them one of the smartest teams this offseason. <laughs> That's a huge W. Huge W for especially the Cubs. with the amount of money we've seen doled out this offseason to players. Mm-hmm. You're getting a guy who, like I said, is a four-time Gold Glover, has some pop for free. Yeah, basically. Take it. Hmm. Say thank you. Yeah. It's not going to happen again. And like I said, he's probably not going to be around for a year, another year. But at least for one year, and maybe use him as trade bait at you know, depending on where you're at at the deadline. But I think it's a really good move for the Cubs. Yeah. Awesome. Speaking of good moves, don't forget that uh, um, Colonel Caravan is right around the corner up in Mattoon. Get ready Ooh, for it. Uh, Colonel Caravan. Yes, yes, yes. Coming to Mattoon. The 15th. Let's say like in 10 days. Yeah. Wow. Very yeah. Soon. Yeah. All right. So we'll be talking about that in the coming days when we get more news and information. Don't uh, know who's for coming that. Yet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Legit, we, we behind don't the know. scenes, I, I, we know one person. Yes. But that's it. That's it. That's it's not a player one. either. So yeah. it, that's why it's not really exciting. Right. Well, uh, I was excited when you, when you told me about it, but we'll we'll tell the peeps uh, very very soon uh, with more information on uh, that. So uh, we're gonna get out of here. Just make a random bed here. It was probably one. I like of it. A wrong choice, but uh, anyways, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Uh, Thanks for downloading. We'll be back tomorrow to recap all of the uh, basketball games that happened this evening. So uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace out.